Welcome back to another episode. Today, I am delighted to have Stacy Castor on as a guest. Now, Stacy is an accomplished and well-respected speaker and consultant and business coach. She's also an accomplished business leader specializing in the technology and business operations sector. In this particular episode, Stacey will take us on a journey through her own experiences and share the valuable lessons she has learned along the way. We'll explore how executive coaching can transform careers and personal lives, and we'll delve into the concept of work-life integration rather than the elusive notion of work-life balance. Stacey will also shine a light on the qualities that make a resilient leader and reveal her unique approach to developing these characteristics in her clients. From controlling your response to leaning in and believing in your goals, Stacy's wisdom and expertise will inspire you to embrace challenges, reduce stress, and unlock your full potential as a physician leader. So grab your coffee and find a comfortable spot and get ready to be inspired and motivated by this engaging conversation. Without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Welcome to Life, Love, and Leadership for Physicians podcast. Here, we explore the central topics of intentional life design, boundaries, health, wellness, and leadership for physicians. I am dedicated to helping you create meaningful structures in your life that support both professional and personal growth. Hi. I'm your host, Dr. Rachel Miller. I've tackled some of the same issues that many of us in the medical field struggle with, such as creating meaningful connections, imposter syndrome, and having a life outside of the office. Join me each week as my guests and I tackle these topics and so much more, delivering content that shows you the importance of investing time into yourself beyond caring for those around you. Tap the follow button so you never miss an episode. It's not just about leading, it's about thriving. That's right, it's about you as a whole person. At Pocket Bridges, we understand leadership's multifaceted journey. Revitalizing leadership is our mission and passion. We turn ambiguity into confident leadership, nurturing resilience, amplifying your impact and influence. Our unique approach at Pocket Bridges centers on the whole person, your values, your frameworks, your driving passions. In a world where burnout is real, you deserve a bridge to a brighter leadership journey. Join us at Pocket Bridges and let's co-create that path together. Because leadership is more than a title, it's a transformative journey. Let's cross that bridge together. Pocket Bridges, let's revitalize your leadership. Click the link in the show notes to apply for a call today. Stacey, thank you so much for joining me today. It's my honor and pleasure to have this conversation with you. Thank you so much. It's really a joy to be here today. Yeah. First, before we get started, please introduce yourself and let us know where in the country you are. I am based out of Detroit, Michigan. I've been a Michigander my whole life, and I have been a senior leader for many years, more than I wish to admit on my age but also mostly in technology and in business operations, and more recently doing some executive coaching as well. So, you know, as we were talking about before, my podcast show is called Life, Love, and Leadership for Physicians. 
But I think that a lot of physicians can get so much out of conversations from people who aren't physicians. So I'm looking forward to hearing your perspectives and hearing your take on some of the things that you've been through and stories and you know lessons that you've learned and also um, some tips that you may have for our leaders. So first, before we really get into the meat of this conversation, how did you get into coaching? How did you get into this field and what drives you every day? Yeah, that's a great question. A couple things. So years ago, I fortunately had people that found me to be my mentors. And then I was part of a nonprofit as well, where we took mid-level leaders and helped them get to C-level. And through that and being a leader, you know, every day, just seeing the growth in people and them having those aha moments of like, wow, I can really do this. And that is what excites me. And that is my true passion is helping develop others. And that's when I said, you know what, executive coaching, I've been fortunate enough to have executive coaches in my career, and it really has helped me. And so it was kind of like the best of both worlds where I can help people develop while also, you know, coaching and guiding along the way. So that's why I chose executive coaching. So when you have worked with a coach, what sort of things did you get out of the coaching to help you with your either your career or your personal life? What did you get out of it? Well, first, they hold you accountable. <laughs> you know, that's the big thing. And help you see things from a different perspective. And because even though we get different perspectives from people that we work with, we still work with them every day. So you kind of get to this point, you kind of preempt, okay, yeah, I think this person's going to act this way. I think this person's going to respond this way. But when you're working with an executive coach, they bring in a different perspective that you probably did not think of, and it makes you better. And so that's been the big thing with me. The other pieces, they bring in some toolkits for me as well. Things on the way that I approach things or how I do it has been different too. That really resonates with me too. And you know, one of the things that I really enjoy about coaching is being able to bring in and realize how much your home life bleeds into your career. And oftentimes when you get a coaching for your career, it actually makes your home life better. Is that something that resonates with you? Yes, completely. So full transparency, I've been through a divorce in my life. I was a single mom for many years. And there was a time in my life that I had to make a decision of how much time am I going to spend on developing my career plus being a single mom and being with my family. And my children were young at the time, and I had an opportunity to be part of this program that was a nine-month program for leadership development. And at first, I was like, there's no way, right? I'm a single mom. I don't have time. Like It's running back and forth between daycare and picking up kids. And then I realized, you know what? I need to do this not only for myself, but for my family and for my children, and that was a big piece for me is that I had to step up and I had to push myself to be able to do that. And it was a huge career change for me. After I finished that nine-month program, I shortly got promoted after that and lots of positive things after that. I, I expanded my network. And so it's just so important that you do combine the two. And I tell a lot of people, you know, people always say, what about work-life balance? And I, I say, you know what? It's just life. Like it's figuring out the difference of where are your priorities and those priorities can be some things at work 
and something's at home, and then making one list of your priorities and handling one life. And yes, there's tough days, but that's part of the piece of it that you have to do. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, you're so right about the whole concept of work-life balance. I mean, it, it's not, you know, one in one hand and one in the other. I mean, they bleed. And I like to think of it more as a work-life integration because they're integrated. You're one person and you have two aspects of you as one person. And so I really like the way you've described that. When you've worked with other people and you talk about that concept of being one person and integrating the two, how has their lives transformed when you discuss that with them? Yeah, that's a really good question. And the first is really recognition, right? Admitting to yourself that there is not this differentiator. Like you said, it's not really two lives. It's just two aspects of your life and putting those together. And I have seen positive results with my clients. One is like they're happier they reduce stress, right? They have a lot less stress in their life because they're not concerned about it all the time. They find tools and techniques to help them through it. And they're actually able to perform better because of those things. And so more energetic, more time with family, you know, moving forward with their career development. And so all those things can happen when you focus on the right things. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when you're working with individuals through your executive coaching program, what's one of the most important things that a leader needs to know how to do? Well, that's a really good question. It's kind of a a term that's out there right now as a, a fancy term, and it's about resilient leadership. And I've made an acronym for it on what makes a resilient leader. And so I work on these characteristics with my clients. And what I do is I call it clarity. And the C stands for control your response. And that just means like when you understand your external environment and you become conscious of how reactions can shape the outcomes, you know, and you're being more aware of the different perspectives, you know, and having the ability to assess situations, you can actually have better outcomes, right? So that's controlling your response. It's saying, you know what, I'm angry right now, and I probably shouldn't respond. I call it, you know, a lot of times with email, it's kind of the 24-hour rule. And, you know, maybe write it out, but don't push that send button. Give yourself some time to absorb it and understand it, and then really work through of how you should respond in a productive way. So that's the C in clarity. The L is lean in. And this is like the times that you're over it, you're just done and you want to like run the other way. And the idea is, is that if you really believe in what you're working toward and you want to conquer it and you can build that confidence, you know, the right thing to do is lean in, which means keep pushing forward, keep making sure you get to your goals. And that's a piece of it. In order to lean in, you have to believe in what you're going for. You have to believe in your goal And then it's easier to lean. It's not easy, but it's easier. The next thing is attitude and mindset is key. You know, I'm a big believer that if you come in with the right attitude, you can conquer anything. And if you think about how we think about positive attitude, if you have a positive attitude, you pay attention to the good and you don't focus on the bad. And then you also, when you make mistakes, you see it as an opportunity 
rather than a hurdle. So a lot of people say, oh, I, I'm going to knock down this hurdle or I'm going to try to get around this hurdle. I try to say, well, what's the opportunity in this situation right now? And if you understand your opportunity, you have a better mindset, you have a better attitude toward it, and you can work through those situations. The next one's my favorite, uh, which is near and dear to my heart and truly what I believe has gotten me through a lot of tough times, and that is rejuvenate your body battery. And you probably resonate with this most with being in the physician's world, but we know that our bodies are like batteries and they drain and we have to take care of them. And so I am a big believer in really good, consistent sleep, eating healthy, exercising, and that it enables your confidence, it enables learning and how to handle stress. People that I've seen that actually take care of their body, they handle tough situations so much better. Where people that are not necessarily taking care of themselves, you can see that they can't handle the tension as well working through it because they don't have the actual physical energy and mental energy to work through it. So rejuvenate your body battery is so, so important. And then there's incisiveness for decision-making. So we talk about like, you have to take action. Like it's so hard. Some people get stuck, right? And they just sit there and they wonder and they overthink things. Um, and some people have anxiety over it and you have to take action. And incisiveness for decision-making is really understanding how to make quick decisions, educated decisions with the data you have at the moment, because you don't always have the data that you want and the knowledge that you want, but you can still move forward and understanding what that means moving forward. And then tenacity to reach your goals. So tenacity is like, you know, we got to get the job done. I think a lot about tenacity is like a dog on a bone. When you see a dog eating a bone, like that dog will go and go and go and will not let up until that bone is gone. And that's what we need to be. If we really believe in what we're doing, we need to keep going. We need to push forward and get to our goal uh, and continually believe in ourselves. That's how you reach your goals is tenacity. It's just moving forward, even when you might not want to. And then the last thing of clarity is yield respect. And this is kind of putting all the characteristics that I talked about together. And it also includes how you treat others. So it could be respecting them, showing your appreciation for them. So important. And then over consistency of displaying these characteristics and time, you earn respect from others. You inspire them. They want to follow you. And so that's a tool and technique that I teach my clients. And so far, I think we've had some pretty good results. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, one of the things that uh, intrigues me is that first one that you mentioned about controlling your response. I am someone that holds my emotions on my sleeve. I cannot hold anything in, and I am very quick-tongued. So when you talk about controlling my response, I said, yeah, mm -hmm, that's... <laughs> That's me. That's something I need to work on. So I think for a lot of people, including myself, is that you understand that. However, when you are in the midst of something and you are just triggered, how do you go from this is my response and, and I feel this way, I need to get out what I have to say? What do you recommend for people who struggle with that? Yeah, really good question. First of all, 
you probably feel it. You probably know you're at that point because it doesn't feel good, (laughs) right? So if you're not feeling good, you know you're there. And that's your first sign of, okay, I need to pause for a minute. I tell everyone, first, take a deep breath. And it sounds so simple, but it's so hard in the moment. And by taking that deep breath, that's actually giving you a couple of seconds to kind of like relax. Also, it slows your heart rate down, which really actually gets you to think more clearly as well. And so take a deep breath. I've been in situations myself that I have actually said out loud, I'm like, you know what? I'm not in a good place right now. Whatever I say is probably not going to help us move forward. So why don't we come back and revisit this in a few minutes, the next day, in an hour, like you know yourself and how much time you might need, but I highly recommend leveraging that. And the reality is a lot of people will appreciate that. It also lets the other person know that they probably did something that maybe wasn't so good in their situation. So it kind of lets them know that too. So those are a couple of things is first, take a deep breath and admit where you're at. And it's okay to admit where you're at with the person that you're working with or people that you're working with. The other thing that you can do is you can actually divert and you can pivot. So if you happen to be in a group of people and there's someone that's a trusted advisor in that room or that you know can probably handle the situation better than you, I might say, you know, John, what do you think about this? How do you think we should handle? And what that does, it gives me more time to process while they're answering. Yeah. I really like what you said about admitting where you are. And with my clients, I do several different types of assessments. And one of the assessments is the DISC assessment. And um, I also do a, a driving forces. But one of the things that I really encourage people, you know, after we go through it is to share some of those things with the people that they work with. You know, these are the ways that I like to communicate. This is how I receive information. These are the things that drive me forward. You know, and I think that when people do that, number one, it helps build trust amongst the team. They feel like they know you a little bit better. And I think that in the long run, it helps the relationship and it helps the leader be a better leader because that trust is there. So I I really like that. Um, You know, one of the other things that you talked about with the A, the attitude and mindset, that brings up for me when you said that, I said, oh, that that reminds me of gratitude, you know, expressing gratitude for the people that, that you work with. You know, what are some ways that you recommend people to show gratitude and show appreciation yeah. you know, for the people that they're working for? I think there's a couple of things. Uh, there's simple things, right? Like a simple thank you, right? Words matter. I send cards, handwritten cards on birthdays and work anniversaries as well. You know, you something you can plan ahead. You can sit down in one day and depending on no matter how big your team is, you can do it and all in one month for the month, for the year, for you know the quarter, and then you have just dates on them that you send them out to everybody. So it's something really simple, but it means so much to someone. Uh, handwritten notes go a long way. And really recognizing, so when I start working with clients and they have like a new team, one of the questions that I have them ask is ask their team member how they like to be recognized. And you would be surprised because some people love the grandiose attention and party and all that. And some people, that's the worst thing you can do to them. <laughs> and really just a private, you know, little note. 
or um, a simple pat on the back goes a long way with them. So I think making sure you understand that a simple thank you or great job really goes a long way. And then there's also actions with that too. So for example, if you ask someone to work an extra shift or stay late, stay with them. Don't leave early or leave on time. Like maybe stay a little bit longer too and check in. How are you doing? How's it going? Thank you for doing that. But by you being there also shows that you care and you're just as committed because you're asking for their commitment. And then another item is if you ever get a chance to work side by side with them on a project or a task, do it, right? So if you, I don't know, maybe there's something that you're working on and you can, you know, say, hey, let me sit down with you and do that with you. Or can I do this piece of it for you and help you out? Sometimes it's just connecting them with other people that they can collaborate with goes a long way. But really, people say, well, I don't want to micromanage. It's not about micromanaging. It's about understanding what they're doing and showing them that you understand it and you're ready to get your hands dirty at any moment, whether you do or not, right? And every now and then you probably should. The last thing I'll say is if you have teams that are at other sites at a different physical location, take the time to go there and see them. Even if you just stop by for a few minutes, the fact that they've seen you face to face um, in this hybrid world that might be a little bit tougher, but it's so important to actually go see them in person as well. So those are some pieces that I try to do with my clients. Yeah. And, you know, I think as hospitals and in the medical area, as they're getting larger and larger and larger, you have the centralization of where the leaders are, and then you have remote sites. And so, and even after COVID, when everybody got so comfortable with, you know, Zoom or Teams, you get so used to doing things virtually. And I think it has its advantages, but it also has its disadvantages because you're not actually in community with the people that you work with. And I think that there is really something to be said for being in a room with someone and actually, you know, being able to touch them and see their body language and commune with them. So that's something that, you know, I think is really important in this day and age. Yeah. And I'll add one more thing. And this kind of goes to my own personal leadership principles. And this is, you should never ask someone to do that you would not do yourself. If you're not going to do it yourself, then why is it okay to ask someone else to do that too? And it might not be that it's your job today or whatever, but if it was your role, would you do it? And if you wouldn't, then you should never be asking someone else to do it too. That's something that's really important as well. Yeah. So I'm curious, you know, how do you work with the people that you coach? And you know, do you do groups? Do you do like one-on-one? How do you like to work as an executive coach? I've done both. Uh, I'm like you where we do typically, I work with a different couple of assessments as well. Um, I'm certified in Genos, emotional intelligence. Um, and I also do some of the profile XT stuff as well, which is similar to the DISC and stuff like that that you mentioned. So doing those assessments and understanding where those opportunities are, but there's some people that I do with individuals and we do the one-on-one coaching. And then there's a couple that have asked for group coaching. I find it best to be like a group of people that work together because then they not only learn as we coach together, but they actually learn from each other too, which is really exciting to be able to see that. Wonderful. If anyone is interested in learning more about you or getting some information um, from you, where can they reach you at? Yeah, thank you so much. So on Instagram, I'm on Stacy Castor underscore. You can find me there. 
I'm also on LinkedIn. It's just slash Stacy Caster. Pretty easy to find. And then my company site is NorthExecutiveAdvisors.com. Wonderful. And I'll put the link to all of those in the show notes. Well, before we part, I have a couple of kind of quick fire questions for you. So are you ready? I'm ready. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have any pets? And if so, what are their names? Oh, wow. We are down to fish. So we've had, (laughs) we've had a bearded dragon. We've had dogs. We've had some guinea pigs, but we are down to fish at the moment. And I'm not sure if we have any names right now (laughs) for them. (laughs) Awesome. Did you go anywhere for vacation this past summer? And if so, where? Oh, well, I had a family wedding in Tennessee. So went down to Tennessee and then kind of did the tour of Tennessee. So we did the Knoxville area. We went down to Chattanooga. We were north of Nashville for the wedding. Uh, So it was a very nice little time. Wonderful. If you could go anywhere in the world, where would you go? New Zealand. Hands down. Yes. I've heard some nice things about New Zealand. And I had watched a movie when I was a kid. um, And it was filmed in New Zealand. And it looks very beautiful. I've never been, but it looks very beautiful. So yes, hopefully someday. I do hear this. There's a lot of poisonous animals like creatures in in New Zealand. So (laughs) all right, well, maybe you're scaring me a little bit. I might have to look into it. (laughs) I'd love to go there too. But thank you so much, Stacey, for joining me. And thanks for sharing what you did. I think that the the clarity is a great tips for any leader. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Rachel. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for tuning in to this Life, Love, and Leadership for Physicians episode. Did you have an aha moment? I'd love it if you shared it with me on Instagram at drrachelmillermd. That's drrachelmillermd. If you love the show and want to hear more, follow the podcast and give me a rating and a review. If there's a specific topic you'd like for me to cover or a guest you'd like for me to have on the show, please let me know. I love your suggestions.